We want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction Church today. As you hear this message, we pray that your faith will grow and you will be both encouraged and challenged. We would really love it too if you would subscribe, rate, review, and share this online. You can also help us reach others by partnering with us financially. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com slash give. We hope you enjoy the message today. When it comes to faith, a lot of us have a dip our toes in the water approach. If you show me how it will work, I can get in. Stronger faith takes the cannonball approach. Jump in feet first and figure out the temperature later. Hey, today's going to be good. I'm going to wrap up this series of Stronger Faith. And for all our college folks, we couldn't wait for you to get here because um, we were going to wrap this series up. And I want to talk to you about something that I think is very important. Uh, You may have never been to church before, and we are fully aware of that because we've been doing rodeo ministry for a very long time. Um, I was 20, I was was 19 or 20 when I did my very first uh, rodeo church service in, um, in Cave Creek, Arizona. And from there, went on to pastor the high school and college rodeo associations and different stuff. And it's just been a great journey, which has led me to here. And so you guys are very special to us. The first college uh, group that we ever had as a college ministry was the, the rodeo team in Mexico Junior College. And uh, I tell you what we used to do back then. There was an old man named Tuffy Cooper. And if you ever heard of Roy Cooper, Tuffy Cooper is Roy Cooper's dad. And Tuffy Cooper, I went to Tuffy and I said, hey, listen, I want to really start off this whole college uh, ministry and I want to specifically target the college rodeo team. And he goes, well, how are you going to do it? And I said, well, I'm thinking about doing something. I'm thinking about putting this program together to where we buy alfalfa for them. That we buy one bell of hay per horse, per week, per student for every kid that comes to our college rodeo team. Now think about that for a minute. I mean, if you're going to reach college rodeo students and you feed their horses, I mean, one bell per horse, per week, per student... Tuffy Cooper wrote the first check, to, and we had a whole semi-load of hay delivered, and that's kind of where we started. We don't do that anymore. Don't get your hopes up. You, you, get, you get detergent today, okay? But, but it's kind of special that you guys are here. Now, with saying that, um, we're fully aware, because we've done this for a long time, this is kind of new. This might be new for you. For others of you, like, no way, man. I've been going to church my whole life. Man, we got a cowboy church back home. But wherever you are, I want you to know this. We're just glad you're here. And you have people who are rooting for you. You have people who are excited about your future. You have people who are praying for you and believing for you. And, and, and you just need to know that, that if you come here today and never come back, at least you'll know this. We, 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 just, we just wanted you to know that there are people here that care about you. But if next week you roll around and your college rodeo coach are c- kind of running late on a Monday night, and you look over at him and go, dude, we're not going to make church, I will, be, I will buy you hay if, if, you, if you give those two a hard time, okay? Because we really, we really value your season of being here in Lee County. So with that, I want everybody to take their Bibles. You can use your phones, iPads, whatever device, and I want you to go to Numbers, Okay. Numbers chapter 13. Now, if you do have a phone, iPad, whatever, it's probably good to download the U version of the Bible. It's a great app. And um, 
Numbers is, is actually at the beginning. It's in the Old Testament. And this is a really cool story, especially in regards to faith. Now, we've been talking about faith. And the first story that we told about faith, this was seven weeks ago. We've had guest speakers that came in and talked about stronger faith. I've talked about stronger faith in prayer and discipleship and all these things. And today, we're going to wrap this series up. And I'm going to wrap it up with another great story. There's another great story of faith. We opened up with Abraham. And now we're going to go to the big Mo, Moses, okay? And Moses has this incredible moment that, that we've all got to stop and think about because they bring up the idea of the promised land, okay? Now, let me give you a backstory real quick. You have Moses who was called by God to be a deliverer because God's people had made poor choices and done some poor things, and they were in slavery, Okay? They had been slaves in Egypt for many, 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 many years. And finally, God said, that's enough. It's time to deliver them. And God sent Moses as a deliverer. And you've heard the whole phrase, the statement, let my people go. Let my people go. And Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And through a series of events, events and it's, it's a really cool study, God did these systems of miracles in front of Pharaoh. And then this whole process to where Pharaoh just said, leave. And they left. And they crossed the Red Sea. And as they journeyed past the Red Sea, this one phrase just continually came. And it, it, it reverberated in their ears. It echoed in their hearts. And it's still something that when I say it here in a minute, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Because today, it still has meaning to us for where God's taking us. And it's called the promised land. The promised land. The promised land was this promise to a bunch of slaves who had only been chained up, only been beaten, only been mocked and ridiculed and treated like livestock, to now God turns to them and says, you're not going to be somebody else's. I've got a promised land for you. I've got cities already built that I'm going to give you. You won't even have to lay a hand to build a city. The cities, the houses, the storefronts, the water wells, everything is already set up for you. But I need you to trust me. I have a stronger faith. And so this promised land is an Old Testament phrase, but it's also a testimony of your life. Because you know that God's not done with your life yet. I'm going to say it again. God's not done with your life. And if you've never heard anybody say that, if you've never heard anybody talk about the plans God has for you, we're going to talk about that today because I want you to really get in your heart that you're not just dirt. You're not just a person. You're not a number. There is a divine calling that God has on each and every one of your life. One of the greatest journeys you'll ever have in your life is constantly going to the one who created you and asking him can I be in your plan? Can I be in your plan? What is your plan for my life? And he will show you. And there's testimonies all over this room. People who could raise their hand right now of saying, listen, I just, I just thought I was just another person. And then I, I got to know Jesus. And I started asking him what his plans were for my life. And my life has never been the same. And so this is the promised land story. And it goes like this. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, here's the big Mo, Moses, send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Now, that is the actual land. It's like New Mexico, okay? But this is Canaan. We know it as the promised land, but it's known as Canaan. And I am going, and I'm giving 
to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, each one a leader among them. So if you don't know this, the tribe of Israel, the whole tribe was made up into 12 tribes. Okay? It's kind of like states. There was once 12 brothers, okay? the 12 sons of Israel. And they just broke off into tribes, and that's how they were broke into groups. God turns to Moses and says, take one man from each one of these 12 tribes and have each one of these wise men become spies as they now go spy out the land. Let them just kind of go look around. Let them see how big the farms are. Let them see what the cities are like. Let them see what the people are like. And then let them give a report when they come back and let you know what this Canaan land is like. Okay? Here's some fun facts. When they went, it, 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 it just, they, they pull a cloak over their head. You know, they kind of keep things subtle. They just don't want to draw attention to themselves. But these 12 men just began to get mixed into these cities that they've never seen before. People that they've never even knew were there. And they begin to see things and witness things. And some of the fun things they witnessed was the, the size of the cities. The cities were monstrous. Bigger than they'd ever seen. The people were numerous. More people than they'd ever seen in their life. And then one specific thing that it says, and this is a fun study you can do when you get home, is, is they actually came to a grape uh, orchard and came across a, a, what do you call it, a bunch of grapes or a cluster of grapes so big and this is no joke. When, it wasn't Walmart grapes where you can just kind of like put them on the scale. This was so big that they used the phrase, we had to chop them down. We didn't pick them. We had to chop them down. And then they had to slide a pole through the cluster of grapes. And two men had to carry the cluster of grapes out to show Moses. That's, that's, a, that's, a, big, that's a big cluster of grapes. <laughs> That's a big bunch of grapes right there. Can you imagine? So the story goes on. These 12 men went and spied out the land. And in verse 27, it says this. And they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. What a phrase. What a phrase about your future. What a, what a phrase to describe where God's taking you, what God's going to do in you. It's truly flowing with milk and honey if you just have a stronger faith. Just put your faith in God. He's got this thing flowing with milk and honey, okay? And this is its fruit, and they take the grapes and throw it on the ground right there. It goes on. Nevertheless, the people, stop. Nevertheless is usually not a good phrase found in Scripture. It went from, look how big the grapes are. And it flooded with milk and honey to yeah, but. Have you guys got yeah, but friends? Just got a great big old yeah, but. I'm going to stop right there, okay? Yeah, but the people who dwell in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified and their cities are very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Anak is a neat study in the scriptures. This is the descendants of giants. They're, they literally saw giants in the land. Then Caleb, and this is where things shift, Caleb just waves his hands and says, and he quieted the people, shh, before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. So here's Caleb saying, what are y'all talking about? Don't, don't, over, don't miss the forest for the trees. Yeah, there's people there. Yeah, there's giants there. Yeah, the cities are fortified. But is God not turning to us saying that he's going to win the battle for us? 
Okay, so then it goes on. It says in verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, there's always them. We are not able, Caleb, to go up against the people for they're stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Have you ever got a bad report? It's like AT&T decided to bill you the whole year's bill this month. It's just like the tires had to blow now. It's like the doctor report had to come in like this. It's like she had to do that right before I left for college. It's, it's like all these, have you ever got a bad report? And they gave them a bad report in the land, which they had spied out saying, the land, though which we have gone as spies, is a land that devours its inhabitants, which is something no one ever likes to hear. They'll eat you where we're going. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. They bring the giants back up, the descendants of Anak. And we were like, everybody say grasshoppers. Grasshoppers in our sight. And then we were like grasshoppers in our, in, in our own sight. So we were in their sight. Today I'm going to talk to you about three things. And I, I put a lot of thought and prayer into this because I, I remember being a college student. I remember leaving for home. I remember getting there, and it was everything I hoped it would be. It was great. It was so cool. I did better in college than I did in high school. Just so many adult great things happened that got me to where I am today, and, and I take today real serious because if I get to talk to you about one thing with the hopes that you come back next week, I want to talk to you about this one thing found in this story to where they talk about grapes, giants, and grasshoppers. Grapes, giants, and grasshoppers. And with that, would you pray with me? Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. You're great, and you're greatly to be praised. And today, Father, I pray that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to know you more. And Father, today I pray for anybody in this room who's never been told about you before, I pray, Father, that you would bless us. This isn't a church thing. This isn't a preacher thing. This is a relationship with you thing. We love you, Lord. Amen. One thing I want you to know. Charles started off about this excitement of grapes, and the first point I want to bring up is this. Did you know that there are grapes in the land that God is bringing you into? you got great grapes. If we can have a stronger faith, if we can keep our eyes on the Father, if we can always go to him and allow our strength, our, our faith to get stronger, our trusting in him. Faith sometimes is this word that if we don't really know what it is, it can get, kind of get confusing. But really it's trusting. Can you trust God? Can you put your hope in God? Can you put your faith in God, your trust in God? Can you allow him to grow you to where all of a sudden you find that, that everything that you're believing for is going to come from him? And if we can do that, there's a promised land experience. There's this moment to where God turns and says, I got great grapes for you. Um, Brady Bean turned 15 years old yesterday. Uh, that is so hard to believe. If, if you don't know who Brady Bean is, that's my oldest son. And we brought him into the cell barn, which was our first church. We, he was this big. And I had him like this and brought him up on the stage. And the Tatum Bunch painted, didn't y'all paint like his, his baby room or something at one time? And, and that was such a cool thing. And, and, and now to think that he is 15 years old and he's already wanting to go look at vehicles, that blows my mind. It blows my mind. But you know what Brady Bean is for me? He's a great grape. He's a great grape. Man, what a great grape. I, I, 
I just see God all over that young man's life. My wife, you got to meet her someday. She is so cool. But that's a great grape. That's a great grape right there. Man, and she is so cool. And everything good about me is all about her. And we make a great team together. But here's the deal about this is, is that I'm, I've, I, I, I've, I've been praying for my wife since I was, gosh, 14 years old. And I met a lot of girls along the way. And you know what you had to have in the process is you had to have faith that when God told you, that's a sweet girl, but that's not the one. That's a sweet girl, but that's not the one. That is a sweet, sweet girl, but Ty, she's not the one. And you're sitting there going, God, I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely. And he goes, yeah, yeah, but do you want the promised land or do you want your land? And I go, oh, God, I don't know because I'm pretty lonely right now. And, and, and you go, no, I'll put my faith in you. I'll put my faith in you. And, and let me tell you, if I could just say one thing about marrying the right one is uh, the weight is worth it. Yeah. If you got to wait for God's best, oh, it's so worth it because God's got some great grapes, okay, some great grapes. This church, this church, is, it, it, it's come along over the years. It's worth waiting for. It's been a great grape. There's been these things that I could have never done on my own, but do you know just the same way as I can come up here and give testimony to you, there will be a day in your life you turn around and you tell your kids and your kids' kids about the great grapes that God brought in your life, and every day you put your faith in him, your trust in him. There was a time you didn't know him. There was a time you were getting to know him. There was a time that you were growing in him, and there was a time that you were fully focused and dedicated to him, and it was this moment you put your whole faith in him, and from that moment on, he said, you come follow me and see if I don't got great grapes for you. And so I want to make you this promise that, that there's some great grapes in store for your life. Probably one of my scriptures that, that really defines this the most, that just really seals the deal. And if you don't have this written in your Bible, you've got to have it written. You've got to underline it. Write it somewhere where you can go home and really learn this scripture. But in Jeremiah 29 and 11, it says, For I know the plans, the, the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. The reason why this is so important to me is because the first thing is, is did you even think that God thinks about you all the time? But it's not just thoughts about you, it's the thoughts for you. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, plans to prosper, to give you peace, because you, know, you never know how valuable peace is till you lose your peace. Yeah, and when you lose your peace, you wish you had it back. And so peace is pretty valuable. The older you get to, can I hear the older folks go, amen? There's like three of them that will even fess up to that. Yeah, peace. But this is to give you a future and to give you a hope. God's got some great grapes for you. But, but here's the second thing that I have for you. If God's got great grapes for you, one of the things you have to be prepared for is there's giants in the land that God is bringing you to. There are some great grapes, but there'll always be giants that come with the grapes. This is a part of the stronger faith, is that this isn't just an easy deal. This isn't just something that you just show up and, hey, you, got, you, get, you get that wife or you get that kid. Well, you know, kids are awesome when parents brag on them, but try raising them and it's a completely different story. It's like, oh, my gosh, kids sound like so much fun. Oh, a great grape. I want a great grape, too. I want a Brady Bean. What a great grape. Like, well, it took 15 years for him to turn into a great grape, okay? And I'm joking. He's been great. But here's the deal. With kids comes giants. With marriage comes giants. You know, with church, you would think, but church, you just called your church 
just a great grape. It was worth it. Let me just tell you, you go start a church and see how many demons pop out of the woodwork and try to attack you. <laughs> Come just from nowhere. And this is like one of the coolest places in the whole world. Heather and I got attacked today, just to let you know. And I'll just vent a little bit. I won't use the person's name. Yes, I will. No, I won't. Uh, it, but it's just, it's, just, it's just one of those deals where, where, where they were griping and complaining and moaning and groaning about the Create Women's Conference. And, and it, was just, it was just junk. It was just stuff. Well, they, they had T-shirts that didn't have Jesus on it. Yeah, and and they, they were all about the people and the, and the, and the, and the booth set up. I'm like, but did you see that we raised $60,000 to, to deliver, to help a slave program to get people out of slave? But, but here's the deal. Don't get mad. Don't, don't pull your knife. Put your knife back. Put your knife back. Put your knife back. It, it's, it's one of those things where you got to realize, hey, listen, God moved us in the promised land and gave us great grapes. And we're passing giants going, hey, what's up? <laughs> and there's giants in the land. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, the funny thing about, let me just tell you about, I'm going to kind of loosen up tonight, not preach any way I've preached in the other three services. When the Canadians always come to southeastern New Mexico, and I've counseled the rodeo team for years on this one subject. And it's this whole thing about they're in Canada, and they get a scholarship to come to southeastern Mexico southeastern Mexico to be on a rodeo team and we can't wait to be here and they're so excited and they're so pumped and find out they get here and it's not Mexico it's New Mexico and then they come here and one of the things then all of a sudden they get their dorm they get their money they get their classes they get everything and then they find out that you have to be 21 years old to drink alcohol <laughs> and they're like oh heck no but they don't, they don't say heck they say, they say something else. And, and it, it's like, well, like, you look at him like, wait, well, what, what? Oh, that's just bull crap, man. Back home, it's 18. Are you serious? I'm like, whoa, hang on, wait, wait, wait. You got a scholarship. You got a free education. You got a dorm. You're, you don't have to live with mom and dad anymore. You, you, get to, you get to hang around the two coolest rodeo coaches in the whole stinking world. Go down the list of all the grapes all around you. And 21 years old to drink a beer is going to just take you and throw it all away? See, there's going to be giants anywhere you go. And you've got to pay attention to the blessing and not focus on how big the giants are because you won't receive the promised land if you get hung up on the giants all day long. And y'all can look at college kids and go, that's the dumbest thing. No, no, we do the same thing. We let one person ruin our day. We let some giant say something that affects us and affects our marriage and affects our future. And I just want to stop and just remind everybody, there's great grapes God has for your life. There's great grapes, great grapes. But you better be ready because there's giants in the land. And you've got to go back and learn how to fight for the things that God told you to fight for. You're going to have to get tough. You're going to have to learn that some things are worth fighting. Fighting. One of the greatest stories found in the Bible is Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, I'm going to read you this pep-up talk that he gives. Nehemiah had something very important in his heart that he wanted to do. He wanted to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, okay? And as he rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, as he hung the gates, as he put gatekeepers on the gates, all of a sudden the neighbors began to come around and give threats. And they said, if you do one more piece of work, we're going to kill you. If you do one more piece of work, we're going to kill you. And threats were coming from all over the place. And so Nehemiah, 
has to sit there and think, every time I'm building this project, I got this enemy that keeps taking me off the wall. And Father, are we going to build or are we going to fight? Are we going to build or are we going to fight? And one of the coolest little blurps found in the Bible is found in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. And he does something cool. He says, and he looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, to the rest of the people. So this literally means everybody. He just finally said, hey, everybody off the wall. Everybody come here. Everybody. Nobles, I don't care if you're rich, poor. I don't care if you're working with the sand. If you're doing dirt work. If you're doing concrete. Everybody come here. And he gives them a pep talk. And I want you to look what he said to the people. Do not be afraid of them. You do not be afraid of them. You do not be afraid of them. Every time they threaten us and they say what they're going to do to us, the first thing we're going to understand is from this moment on, we are not going to be afraid of the giants in our life anymore. And he says this, remember the Lord. Remember that God is for us. He's great and awesome. And what does he say? Fight. Let's all say it together. And fight. And fight for your brethren, for your sons, for your daughters, for your wives, and for your houses. You got to learn how to fight for the things that God's given you. And fighting comes from being on your knees and praying. Fighting comes from saying a hundred no's for every one God, yes. And that's the thing. You, not every giant's big. Sometimes they're little too. And it's these big and little giants that sometimes distract us. It's this whole moment we realize that I've got to learn how to say a hundred no's for every one God, yes. Yeah, it's the little things. And we've got to learn how to fight for our brethren. There's going to be somebody that you need to just turn to and say, hey, listen, I'm not giving up on you. Everybody else wants to give up, but I'm not giving up on you. We got to learn how to fight for each other. We got to learn how to fight for our sons and our daughters. You are not your child's best friend. You are their parent, their steward. You got to fight for your wife, and wives, you got to fight for your husband. And you got to fight for your houses, the things that God gives you. So, number one, God's going to give you great grapes. But wherever there's great grapes, there's also great giants. And you've got to learn how to fight. And the third and final one is this. This is something I truly believe, and I want you to understand that if you ever fight a giant, it's amazing how they make you feel like a grasshopper. There will always be something that will want you to feel like a grasshopper. I guarantee you can be four or you can be 40 you can be 94, and there will always be something in your life that wants you to feel like a grasshopper, that wants you to feel so small, so insignificant, so tiny. We could never take over those cities. We could never defeat those giants. They are fortified. They're massive. We are so small. And Caleb turns and says, it's not the size of us. It's the size of the God in us. It's a stronger faith because we know a stronger God. Caleb's turned into the 10 spies who had bad reports and saying, what are you, you're seeing the land that flowed with milk and honey and forgetting the God who brought us here? Why now would we want to feel so small when God's reminding us of how big we are? 
Because we're in him. I guarantee from now on, I want you to notice how many things try to make you feel like a grasshopper. For every young lady in the room, it's just like you're addicted to the relationships where the boy just makes you feel like a grasshopper. Stop it. Stop it. Listen, you, you might even be in the room and not even know God, but let me just be a friend right now and tell you, I think you're better than that. You're no grasshopper. For every young man in the room, that everybody wants to tell you how to live your life. But in the way that they ask you to live your life, their way is always asking you to be the grasshopper. I think you're better than that. I think God's got a better plan than that. Parents, don't you let your kids treat you like a grasshopper. You ain't no grasshopper. You just grasshopper all over there, but if you have to. <laughs> hey, listen. If you're going to go after God's grapes, you're going to have to realize there's giants. And one of the worst things you could ever do is have the faith that gets small when other things get big. You've got to learn to shut your eyes, to not go by what you see. We walk by faith, not by sight. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and I ain't no grasshopper. That, that's a phrase I developed this week, and I've just been saying it over and over again. I'm actually thinking about getting a tattoo. <laughs> I ain't no grasshopper. Yeah, I ain't no grasshopper. I've been turning to the boys and saying, hey, boy, we ain't no grasshoppers. And they smile really big, and I want you to develop. You, in fact, write that in your Bible. Dude, put it somewhere where you can see it. I ain't no grasshopper. I ain't no grasshopper. See, one of the things I want to wrap up and, and, and let you know is, um, when he said here, there we saw the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in their sight. When he says we were like, what he's saying is, this is how I saw myself. Because let me paint this picture. They've got their cloaks over their head. They're all wrapped up. They're walking through a village. They're picking out grapes. They're, they're looking at the fruit. They're looking at the cities. And then all of a sudden, they bump into a wall. But it's not a wall. They look up and it's a giant. Now, theologians believe that some of them were 12, 13, even 14 foot tall. That's big. That's really big. And can you imagine for the first time seeing something that large and knowing that this is the very land you're probably going to have to fight that guy one-on-one -on -one with. Ten men that day trembled. But Caleb stood up and had faith. I can understand it. I, I can totally understand it. Um, but you're going to have to rise above the fear. Because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. The fight for your future is actually more internal than external. It's not how big things are. It's how big your faith is. And I ain't no grasshopper. The enemy isn't people. And your enemy isn't lack, like having nothing. Your enemy isn't situations. Your enemy is actually how you respond to all those things. Your enemy is how you respond to people. 
if you bump into a giant, it's amazing how you feel small and so you try to fire back and you try being the giant instead of letting God be God in your life. You realize you ain't no grasshopper. Just keep your mouth shut. Don't let them turn you into somebody that you're not. The enemy isn't them. The enemy is how you respond to them. Have you ever had not, have you ever, ever had nothing? I mean, like, like you, you had less than what you needed. You had lack. How you respond to lack, that's really your enemy. I, many times in my life, I haven't had what I needed. And fear wanted to grip me. But then faith said, hey, listen, it's just a matter of time. God's going to give you a great idea, Tybean. God's going to give you a great plan. You may not have it right now, but just give it, just give it 15 minutes. Just go and pray. Father, you gave me two hands to work with. You gave me a sharp mind. You gave me a good back. You gave me a great heart. And Father, I, I just need a little bit more than what I got. So show me what to do. I was listening to Dave Ramsey the other day. Y'all ever listen to Dave Ramsey? Love Dave Ramsey. And this lady calls, and she just began to give a report of what she didn't have. She had less than zero. Okay, So she was in debt. Okay, She had less than zero. And she was just putting it out there. And she, you could just hear in her voice, she was thinking, Dave, I'm about to tell you how bad my situation is. And it's going to even shock you. And I can just hear you right now turning to me, Dave Ramsey, saying, Will, you're the first person I ever met in my life who has no hope whatsoever. Every one of the callers were like this. Just let me tell you how it is. And Dave, you're going to tell me, dang, that's horrible. Yeah, you are in trouble. And Dave never did that. This one lady called in, and she had $8,000 worth of credit card debt. She had a $10,000 student loan. She had a car that was worth, uh, uh, I don't know, $2,000, and she owed $3,000 on it. And it, was just, it was just going down the line. And she just said, and Dave, that's it. I owe this much money. She goes, okay. And Dave goes, okay. He said, do you have a job? And she goes, yes. He says, how much money do you make? And she told him how much money she made. And he goes, okay, here's what you're going to do. And he began to put in order everything he was, she was going to pay off. From top to bottom, we're going to go in this order. And at the end of this, in five years, you're going to be paid off. And this is how we're going to do it. He said, I want you to go get another job. And it was silence on the other end of the line. And she goes, a what? And he goes, well, you've got a day job right now. What time do you get off? She goes, well, I got off at five. And he goes, okay, I want you to find a job that you can work from six to 10 every night. And then I want you to take your Saturdays. And I want you to find a job that you work all day Saturday from eight to eight if you have to. And then he used this phrase, I want you to work so hard your lips hurt. That's a Dave Ramsey phrase right there. That's funny. Have your lips ever hurt before? Don't answer that. Okay. They might have, and it wasn't for a good reason either. But, but he, I want you to work so hard your lips hurt. She said, really? And he goes, well, how bad do you want to get out of this? How bad do you want to fight? He says, I can promise you this. In five years, after working this hard, You'll never want to go back into debt again. And you will pay off every bit of this. And you will turn around and realize that God got you through this and the plan worked. And why do I bring that up? It's because sometimes you look at situations and you think the giants are too big. But it's 
how you responded to that giant that made him that big. And with one giant killer phrase, well, you're going to get another job. And then you're going to get another job. And it may take less than five years. But at the end of it, all debt will be paid. And then you're going to experience every time you get paid, you just put it right in the checking account and nobody's asking for your money. How good is it going to feel? He just kept talking to her. When you get to deposit, nobody needs your money. And you get to deposit, nobody needs your money. Get to deposit, nobody needs your money. He goes, that's going to be awesome. He goes, what's your first job? Can you wait tables? And they begin to talk over there, over the radio, begin to talk about the vision behind responding to the giant. And her attitude shifted. And the giant got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. Come on, right now I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I ain't no jack, I ain't no grasshopper. I ain't no grasshopper. I ain't no grasshopper. Turn to the other person and say, I ain't no grasshopper. I ain't no grasshopper. And you know what? God's got some great grapes. College students, God's got some great grapes for your life. And I'm truly believing with all of my heart that this year God does some cool stuff in your life. Really cool stuff. We're here for you. I want you to know that if you ever need anything, uh, we're just a trip down here, knock on the door away, or a phone call away. And um, we genuinely believe that, that God brought you here for a reason, for an education, for relationships, friendships. But most importantly, I think we might have had a part to play with it too. And I hope you allow us to, uh, to help you guys in any way possible. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Can I pray for you? Father, I pray for this church, our friends and visitors. Today, Father, we pray that for those in this room that have no idea who you are, today was actually a one step forward in the direction of getting to know you better. Father, thank you for a lot of folks. We got to introduce your promised land that you have for your people. Now, Lord, I pray for the relationships in their life and the people that surround them and the God talk that happens. And I pray that faith would just begin to spark and stir. Some plant, some water, some see the harvest, but it's all for your glory. Jesus, today we pray for everybody in the room that might have forgot just how small giants are, how great the grapes are, and they ain't no grasshopper. Let this stir in their marriage. Let this stir in their kid raising. Let this stir in their walk and talk and in, in, in life and business. And Lord, today I pray for a stronger faith as we grow in you and trust in you and believe in you. Father, we love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. The prayer team is coming forward, and they're going to be over here, and they're going to be right over here. And they would love to pray for you guys. If there's anything that you're like, I, I'm just not ready to leave yet. I really want to pray about some stuff. Um, well, they would love to pray with you. Pastor Jeff and I, oh, I tell you what, Jeff's going to go in the back. I'm going to go right over here. If you have never accepted Christ as your Savior, but today it's just like, I don't know why I haven't. I would really like to ask Jesus 
to be my Lord and I want to follow him. Well, I can, I can tell you how we can do that today, but I need you to meet me over here and I'd love to pray with you and we can do that. So let's do that. If everyone would stand their feet. College students, what you're going to do is we're going to exit out and you're going to go to the right and you're going to go back there where the table is and uh, uh, Jeff's going to be back there, Pastor Jeff and CG and Clay and they're going to be so welcoming and helping you guys out. Uh, John, don't be the first one in line. Okay, let, let them go first. Hey, it's time for us to love God, love people and have no limits in our life. You guys have a great week in the Lord. See you later.